Recently, archaeological digs have uncovered some pretty astounding facts in our country's past. Did you know that there was a time where there were only like three or four channels on television? I'm kidding. The archaeological digs did not uncover that. Actually, there was a time where there were no moving pictures associated with entertainment in someone's living room. It actually came in the source of sound that came out of a box called a radio. I don't know, there's probably kids here today who've never listened to the radio, hopefully. Everything on streaming now, maybe listening to Spotify, but there was a time where AM, FM radio was the big, was the big deal. You know, even growing up, and I joke, obviously, but growing up for me, there was a time where we had just hundreds and hundreds of channels on TV. I mean, you could just flip for maybe five minutes straight, just flipping, 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 and not actually round the, round the corner and, and repeat the same channel over and over again. Like, cable television, when I was growing up, was just full of choices, right? You've got so many choices, and you're watching a program, or maybe you're listening to, to a radio station while you're driving, maybe you're on a long road trip, maybe for those of you who are visiting, Maybe if you, if you got the opportunity to drive here, maybe you were listening to, to the radio as you were coming along. You know, it, there are times, though, when you're watching something on TV or you're listening to something where something kind of unsavory shows up on the television. It's just the nature of entertainment, of course. You, something shows up on TV that you, you don't want to see. Like, that, we, we shouldn't be watching this. And so what do you do? You change the channel. You're listening to something, you're, you're, you're rocking out and jamming out to family music on the way here, and you know, going somewhere, and you start to hear the four-letter words and the curse words and all the other things on the, on the radio, and you, and you change the channel. And that's easy to do. It's very easy for us, technologically speaking, to change the channel, because we've got a lot of options. I mean, but there was a, there was a time, you know, back when there were only three or four channels, where there weren't a lot of options. And of course, probably back then, there weren't a lot of unsavory things on the radio or on the television. But when, if there were to be something that you weren't interested in, you could just change the channel. And that's really been an option for us in the last hundred years. We've been able to change the channel very easily. Thinking spiritually, though, for ourselves, there are times where our thoughts spin out of control. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where everything's good, <laughs> you're, you're, you're upbeat, you're having a great day, and then all of a sudden, just from like out of nowhere, you start thinking things that, that aren't good, that aren't positive, they're not wholesome, they're not uplifting, they're bad, they're negative, they're darkness, they're, they're really contrary to what we should be thinking about. And wouldn't it be easy if we could just change the channel? Oh, if I could change the channel, sometimes in my thoughts I would. If I could just so easily flip the channel and think about something else, I, I sure would. Because I firmly believe in the, the passage we're going to be focusing on primarily today is Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is really one of the most sort of uplifting, positive messages for us today. I firmly believe that my heart, my mind should be like what Paul's talking about here in verse 8. Philippians 4 verse 8, 
Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You ever have thoughts that aren't these things? You ever had thoughts that aren't good thoughts? We combat those kinds of evil thoughts by turning the channel to the positive things, to the good things. We, we need to develop the skill to think about what is good, to fill up our minds, to fill up our hearts with what is good. Because it is so easy for the, for the noise of the world, for the the darkness, the sin of the world to just infect our thoughts. It's so easy for us to let those little, little things come into our hearts, little things come into our minds. You ever been watching a movie? And it's been a long time since you've seen the movie? This happened to us recently. You're watching a movie, and it's been a long time since you've seen it, and you, and you, you get to a part in the movie where you're like, I don't remember that being in the movie. <laughs> There was actually a time way back in the day on like TBS and you know cable television where they would edit the movies and you'd watch the movies and you're like, that was the best movie in the world. I love that movie. And you'd recommend to all your friends that they should go see the movie. And they'd go see the movie and they were like, what on earth are you talking about? That was a terrible movie. You remember that scene where there was that guy and he did that thing and you're like, no, I never saw that. That's not the same movie. And you realize that you were watching a different movie than they were watching because it had been edited. For ourselves, we need to get good at editing the soundtrack of our, of our minds, of our hearts. We need to get good at cutting out those evil, unhelpful, destructive thoughts that can so easily infect us. And if, if you are like sitting there and you're like, well, I don't have evil thoughts, I don't have, I don't have destructive thoughts. I don't have thoughts that would, well, maybe you need to get more curious about the things you think about. Because I think all of us, from time to time, struggle to do what Paul is saying here, to think about what's good. And I think for us all, this may be a challenging lesson to, to deal with, because I think a lot of times we want to walk away with the practical applications from a lesson. 100%, that's a, that's a great that's a great thing for us to do. We need to go out and take a lesson and go do something with it. But the Lord doesn't just want us to do good things. The Lord also wants us to think good things. And I will say that especially as we talked about in our Bible classes about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, it really, there's a disconnect between what we do and what we think, right? There's a disconnect between what's on the outside and what's on the inside because just because we're doing good things does not mean we're full of goodness on the inside. It does not mean we're thinking good thoughts all the time. There are plenty of hypocritical people. There have been hypocritical people for a long time who did great things on the outside. And you look at them and you said, wow, look how productive they are for the Lord. And in the perfection of Jesus, as he's able to look into their hearts and minds, he says, woe, woe to you whose insides are full of dead men's bones, while the outside is just a, a clean, pure, whitewashed tomb. We need to get good about filling our hearts on the inside with good, positive, healthy, productive things. So we're going to think about that together for a little bit this morning.
How can we think good thoughts? What can we do to think better thoughts? And maybe it would be helpful for us to just list a few good things we can think about. Maybe as a starting point, maybe you're like, all right, this seems real nebulous. What are we thinking about? What are we actually putting into our hearts? What are we, what are we pondering, mulling over, meditating every day? Well, think about God's good gifts that he's given you. Think about the amazing blessings that God has given. I'm not going to use the word for the holiday that's coming up, but it, this is sort of nicely tied together with the things that, that maybe you can be thinking about over the next few days. Because gratitude for what God has blessed us with can just fill us up in a way that it, it leaves no more room for the negativity, for the, for the comparison, for the anxiety, for all of the, the negative thoughts that could be filling up our minds. God, good, God's good gifts. Think about things like nature. You go all the way back to creation. You go all the way back to the beginning. And what is the very first thing God did for us? He made this world so we could live in it. And as we look around, as we see all the amazing things around us, we can praise God for his gift that he's blessed us with in nature. The work that he allows us to do. Oh, yes, I know a nine-to-five job may not seem like a gift for some people, but it sure is. It sure is a, a good gift that God has blessed us with. I, and maybe on the flip side of that, rest. I love to rest. I love to take a break. And, and God doesn't just want us to work all the time and, and break ourselves. He wants us also to take, take a break. The unique abilities, the talents, the skills that he's blessed each of us with. You think about just for yourself. Think about what God has allowed you to do. What he's enabled you to do. What in the, in the context, in the situation of your life, what has God led you to be able to accomplish for him? You have skills, you have things that you can do within the body of Christ that no one else here can do, or that few other people here can do, and God has blessed us all with, with abilities and talents that we can serve him with. We're going to do it today, actually. If you're, if you're visiting with us, we invite you to come back at 2 o'clock, because we're going to come back and sing. God has blessed us with, with singing, with praise, with worship, with celebration. Notice how, you know, I know sometimes Christians get a bad rap because, right, we, we sit in our pews, we've got our, we've got our sort of stone faces on, right, everything's, everything's real, you know, serious. Gary's always good about it. He's always smiling at me. I, appre I appreciate Gary. You know, there are some Christians I've seen, I, I've never seen a smile. But there are times, like, we have the opportunity to celebrate with each other. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Yes, weep with those who weep, but, but we, we celebrate. There are times, so many times, where we can celebrate with each other, and God has given us that as a gift. Our family, our friends. I mean, clearly those are gifts from God. Clearly those are important things that God has blessed us with. And if you just think about this list, it's a short list. There are so many more things that God has blessed us with. But if you think about this short list for just a little while, doesn't that kind of change the quality of your thoughts? Doesn't that kind of help turn the dial from things that are unhelpful to things that are positive? Appreciating all the amazing things that God has done for us, but it's not just his gifts. Because God certainly pours down into our lives some amazing things. But God also enables us for praiseworthy virtues. God teaches us through his word how to be better people. He teaches us through his word a better way to live. And if we think about living a life 
following the Lord Christ, we think about a life that is focused on excellence. When we follow Jesus, we are growing. We are pushing forward. We are not shrinking back. We're not cowardly. We are always looking for what's ahead of us, aren't we? And Jesus enables us to do that. We learn what it's like to grow and to be productive for him. We learn what it's like to move forward. We know what kindness is all about. We know what love and, and respect and this just mutual caring for one another that God enables us to do because, because of who he is, because of the love that he showed to us first. We know how God speaks to us in the language of, of truth. God never lies. He never lies. And God teaches us that if we want to follow him, we need to be people who love the truth also. To be people who are honest. To be people who are true. To be people who mean what we say and do it. We're also people who know our place in the world. We know that we are not ahead of anyone else. We know that we are the lowliest, the meekest, we put ourselves last. We put the needs of others before ourselves. And we do that not because it, it makes us look good in public, because, again, that's the Look how humble I am, everybody. <laughs> no. That, obviously, we put ourselves last because that's what Jesus did. You remember, as Jesus was on his knees washing his disciples' feet, he says, you go and do likewise. That's our calling. And that's what we're enabled to do, following Jesus. And then it's about being pure about thinking how important it is that I keep myself unspotted and unstained from the world. And you think about all these things, the praiseworthy virtues that, that God has enabled us to do, and you start just, you take a step back and you think about all the things that, that are good, that God has, has poured into our lives, not only his, his gifts, but the things he teaches us to do and to be. And then as you see these gifts, it's not even just a self-centered, self-focused kind of thing, is it? Because we have the opportunity, when we want to tune our hearts to what's good, we have the opportunity not only to see these things in our own lives, because, well, that's easy to do, right? It's easy to see it in my own life. Oh, look what God has given me. Look what God has allowed me to do. But not only that, we get to see it in the lives of everyone else around us. We get to truly rejoice with those who rejoice. When, when, when we see a gift, a blessing in their life, we get to rejoice with them. So it's not even, maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you're having a day where that, where that static and the noise and, and just the, the unhealthy thoughts start to seep in. Well, maybe it would be hard to look inwardly and find positive, good things going on for you right now, but can't you see it in the lives of people around you? We can always look around and see how God blesses everyone around us and how God is always good, whether it's easy for us to see or not. And so just thinking about these things together, I, I, this is kind of an introduction still leading us into this part of the lesson that, that asks, how can we think about good things more often than we do? How can we tune our thoughts into what is good, into these kinds of things? as we look, look into our own life, as we look into the lives of those around us. I think it's helpful for us to see in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the proverb writer says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. What happens in here comes out 
that's hard for us to, to understand sometimes. I know mentally we get it, right? We're like, okay, of course. Like, if I think good things, then good things will come out, right? But it's so easy for us to just jump to the end result, isn't it? Let me buy a self-help book that gives me five steps to being a better fill-in-the-blank. Five things that I can do right now that will help me be better. So, okay, you know, if I, if I want to... If I want to write a book someday, what do I need to do? Well, I need to go buy a fancy pen, right? That's going to help me write a book better. Because every good writer has a fancy pen. Well, that's not how our spiritual life works. That's not how our, our growth in Christ works. We've got to start on the inside. You can't write a book unless you have a good idea for a book. You can't be a disciple of Jesus unless you understand who Jesus is and what he's all about. You can't do good things if what's going on inside is broken. And so it's important for us to really pay careful attention to what we think. It's easy to look at what we do. It's easy to look at where we go. It's easy to look at the words that come out of our mouth. And maybe each one of those things combined could point us backward to what's going on inside can point us backward to what's actually happening inside of our heart, it is not as easy as turning the dial on the thoughts that we think. It's not that simple. Have you ever, this happens to me all the time, by the way, <laughs> have you ever just laid in bed, and you, you already know what I'm going to say, right? Have you ever just laid in bed and just thought about everything? Like, it felt like you thought about everything. This is one of the last conversations that, that dad and I had when he was in the hospital before he died. He was, he was telling me, he's like, I knew something was wrong because I just couldn't control what I was thinking all the time. And that wasn't normal for him. It shouldn't be normal for us. It should not be normal for us to just spiral and think and worry and, and just fill our hearts with, with uncontrollable storms of thinking. We need to be really careful about what we're filling with our, with our mind, what we're filling our mind with. And I think that goes to Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 4, or Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. I think it's important for us to see there that we have a careful job that we need to take. When Paul says in verse 13, actually backing up of Ephesians 5, when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. It's like shining a flashlight on it, right? You're shining a flashlight on your thoughts. Think about it that way. He says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. You need to walk carefully. I need to walk carefully. I need to think carefully about my thoughts. Again, I think I've mentioned this a few times, but it is not a normal thing for us to think about thinking. What is the quality of your thoughts? Here's a, here's a weird practice, maybe a weird thought exercise for you. What if you could invite somebody to come in and like view what you're thinking about? What if you could do that? Would you be, would you be willing to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to do that. If I'd be willing to just invite somebody to come in and like, like sit in front of the television and watch my thoughts played out before them. 
Mm, I don't know about that. But notice, notice back to Philippians 4. Notice what the kinds of words that he uses. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. No, do you notice there's a connection between three of the phrases there? Whatever is honorable, whatever is commendable, whatever is worthy of praise. Those are like three phrases that mean basically the same thing. It's like somebody's staring at what you're thinking about saying, I approve of that. I agree with that. That is a positive thing to think about. It's honorable. It's commendable. Someone would look at that and say, I praise that. I praise that thought process. So what if you could invite somebody to come in and watch what you think about? Would they, would they approve of what you're thinking of? Would they approve of how you feel about your boss? Would they approve of the thoughts that you have about that person that you're seeing on TV right now or on the computer screen in front of you? Would they approve of the way that you think about your husband or your wife? Would they approve of the way that, that you're making plans for the future? Would they, would they commend those things? Because it's, it's scary enough for us to think, okay, well, I'm going to let Jason Amalong come and watch the TV of my mind. That's, that might be scary enough to think about. But you know who's always watching what's going on in my mind? Our Lord, of course. And he wants us to be careful to make sure we're thinking about things that are honorable, commendable, and praiseworthy. So I think if you take nothing else away from this lesson, our thoughts are very important and we need to be careful what we think about. It's not just enough to let the, the radio station of our mind kind of go off out of control and now ne next thing we're no we know we're listening to something that we shouldn't be. We need to be careful. And so maybe that leads us to our next point here. Back in Philippians chapter, chapter 4, I think... Notice here where this verse, verse 8, fits. Because if you expand the context to the verse before and the verse after, there's something really interesting here. Notice here in verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then drop down to the next verse, verse 9 after that. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Do you notice the two words that are there? Sandwiched in this verse, verse 8, about thinking good and pure and just and correct things, it's all about peace. The, the, the sandwich of peace is right there. The, the peace of God and the God of peace. So really this lesson is more about the path to peace. Really, this verse is teaching us how to have peace. Do you have peace? Do you have peace in, in, in your marriage? Do you have peace at work? Do you have peace in your family? It's hard to have peace outside when people don't have the same values and believe the same things as you do. But do you have just inner peace? Are you full of peace? Because it's easy to be sort of 
against or antagonistic with the world. You know, the world is attacking you. The world is trying to get you. The world is trying to take you down. The darkness is encroaching. But do you have peace in that storm? Internal peace. And I think about verses like James chapter 1, you know, where you really have this, this thought process of God and his goodness and all the amazing things that he's able to pour out into us. Verse 17 of James 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good thing comes from God. God wants us to have peace. God wants us to have a peace that passes understanding. God doesn't want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us to be worried. He doesn't want us to be filled with doubt and regret and concern all the time. He doesn't want us rushing around being so busy that we just can't get control of ourselves. He wants us to have peace. Ultimately, he wants us to have eternal peace for sure, but don't you see what Paul is doing here in Philippians? He's telling us how to have peace right now, that the peace of God would come to us, that the God of peace would comfort us, that we would have peace. It is the path to maturity. It is about maturity. I know a lot of, a lot of young guns at work. Where I, where I work, we've got a lot of younger guys. And they, oh man, they work the 70-hour weeks. They, they put in the hours. Like, they don't have families, so they just work all the time. You know, and then, then there's me, and I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like more of the ancient of days in our office. And so, you know, I've got a family. I've got things going on. I, I'm, I've, I've got responsibilities. And so, look, you know, I've put, in the, I've put in my eight and a half, nine hours today. I'm clocking out and going home. I appreciate that you're going to stay here all night. I appreciate that you're, going to, that you're breaking your backs to, to get the, the pay raise or whatever. But I got to go home. And I think the more mature you are at some point, the, you know, the further you go down the path, the more you realize what's really important. And one of, my, one of my coworkers turned to me the other day and they said, you can do whatever you want, but I want the pay raise. I said, okay. Enjoy, enjoy being here all day. I hope, you, I hope you're finding fulfillment in that. You know, the more mature we get, I think the more we realize what life is about. And I have known and had examples from so many people in this room who've taught me the older you get, the more clearly you see what life is about. Because it's easy to get distracted when you're young. It's easy to get distracted and think that life is about different things, or it's about success, or it's about money, or it's about position, or it's about all these things, and then you get to a point and you're like, no, life was about all the stuff that I missed out on because I was too focused on all that stuff. Filling our hearts with peace, filling our hearts with all of the good virtues that God talks about through Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1, where Peter talks about filling our heart and supplementing our faith with virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. And he says, for if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What Peter is telling us to do there is to keep pushing forward and keep growing. And the more mature we are in the faith, the more, the more we are pushing forward toward excellence, as he calls it there in verse 3 of 2 Peter 1, 
The more we push forward for excellence, the more peace we can have. The more we fill our heart with good things, correct things, wholesome things, that shows that we're more mature and that we're growing closer and closer to the Lord someday. So the last verse I want to I close here with is really something that Jesus said in Luke chapter 11. And I think Jesus talks about this in terms of light and darkness. And I think maybe this would be a helpful way for us to, to close out this lesson. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 34, Jesus says, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful. There's that word again. There's Jesus saying it. Be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its lights or with its rays gives it light. So think about this picture that Jesus is leaving for us here. How we need to fight the darkness. How we need to fight the tendency to fill our hearts and minds with darkness, because isn't that easy to do? Isn't that so easy to do, to fill our hearts with discouragement, to fill our hearts with all the kinds of things that, that, we, that should not be there? And Jesus is saying, be careful what you look at. And isn't that the truth? And can't you square that with the, with the great Sermon on the Mount where Jesus basically told us to cut out our eye if it causes us to sin? How important is this little member of our body? How important is what we see and what we hear and what we experience? It's so important. It can lead us astray. It can convince us that things are fine when they're not. It can fill our hearts with darkness. And what Jesus is saying there is your body needs to be filled with pure light. Not a little bit of light, and a little bit of darkness. It's either going to be fully light, wholly bright, or it's going to be wholly dark. And the question really for us is, what is the quality of our heart? What is the quality of our thoughts? What do we think about on a regular basis? If you can catch yourself, if you can remember this lesson, if you can remember Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, when you're spiraling off into thinking about things that aren't helpful, maybe just ask yourself, is what I'm thinking about helping? I don't like Dr. Phil, but he used to say something that was sort of helpful for me when he was saying, how is that working for you? You know, you think about it. Is it really benefiting me? Is it really helping me? Is my life made any better if I'm just sitting here thinking about how much that guy on the freeway cut me off? or whatever it was, you know, is that really a helpful thought process? Is it really a helpful thought process to think about how worried I am about what my retirement is going to look like? Is it really a helpful process, thought process for me to fill myself up with worry and concern over what people think about me or the way that I'm perceived in the world? Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Who is it that fills my heart with goodness? It's God. It's always God. It's always been God. 
And maybe you and your generosity and your kindness and your love and all those good virtues that we talked about earlier, maybe you come in and bless my life. But I know who enabled you to do that. It's God. All the good things, all the positive things, all these blessings come from our Father, and he's the one who fights the darkness in our hearts. So, in verse 16, he says of 2 Corinthians 4, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. If you judge the quality of your life by what you're able to produce, listen to me really carefully, please. If you judge the quality of your life the value of your life by what you're able to produce, what you're able to make, what you do in this world, you're going to be sadly disappointed when you can't do it anymore. You will be sadly disappointed when you look and see that I can't function the way I used to function. But if your inner self is being renewed day by day, it doesn't matter what your weak and feeble body disqualifies you from being able to do. It doesn't matter that you can't go here or do that or sing like you used to or help out like you used to or whatever it is. It doesn't matter that you can't produce. If your inner self is being renewed day by day, God is good. And it's a cause for us to rejoice. It's a cause for us to, to thank the Lord that he has given us what is good. I think it's important for us to stop from time to time and just think about thinking. Because maybe this question is, is a helpful question for you. I know it's been helpful for me. How has the noise of the world drowned out the good things of God in your heart? Because the world around us really wants to, really wants to drown out God's good things. It wants to convince us that, oh, woe is me. <laughs> the world is, is ending. Things are bad. You know, I, I mean, I could list it all out, and maybe that would be antithetical to the purpose of this lesson. Like, I could tell you all the really terrible stuff that's going on right now. I mean, you, probably, you could probably think about it. But don't do that, please. <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be the opposite of what we want to focus on on this lesson. Don't focus on that stuff. I know they're shouting it on the news. I know they're shouting it on the radio. It's plastered all over Twitter as long as that's going to last. It's everywhere, the bad stuff going on. But has that stuff drowned out the good things of God in your heart? Are we so full of skepticism that we can't see that when a brother comes to you and says they're sorry, that you can forgive them? Are we so full of, of unkindness that when we see a brother who's in need around us, we can't step in and help? Are we so full of distraction? Are we so full of pride and concern about money that, that we can't open up our wallets to somebody who, who could definitely use that? I mean, there's so many things that good thoughts will produce in us, but it starts with the good thoughts. It starts with tuning into what is good. And man, I've got a pair of AirPods Pro 2, by the way, if anybody's an Apple fan and you want a good pair of noise-canceling headphone recommendations, this lesson took a weird turn all of a sudden, but 
you know, if you're thinking about, man, I would love a good pair of noise-canceling headphones. Just talk to me. I'll, I'll tell you which ones to buy. There are, there is a huge need in the Lord's church for noise-canceling headphones spiritually. We need to drown out and tune out the noise of the world because it is only going to drag us down. And it's not, it's not about being Pollyanna. It's not about just ignoring all the bad stuff that, that goes on in the world. Yes, we see it. Yes, we know it's there. But it's not filling our heart. It's not controlling us. It's not consuming us. It's not keeping us up at night. We should be able to look at our, at our sleep tracking and see that we're sleeping with peace, knowing that no matter what happens, the Lord is in control. Because he's given us what's good. He's given us his good gifts. He's given us his praiseworthy virtues. And maybe this is just the first in a series of lessons where we think about some things that are good together. I think that, that filling our hearts with good things, maybe even especially this week, but six months from now, we need to still be filling our hearts with what is good. But thanks for your attention. I appreciate it. There's, there's so many things that we can do in this world. There's so many things that, that we can participate in and practice. But there's nothing better than starting with what's inside. There's nothing better than letting the peace of God control your thoughts, control your hearts. And if you have trouble with that, if you've had trouble with that in the past, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody who can lead you and help you to guide and counsel you to become a more positive, a more thoughtful, a more careful thinker. Because that is the worst place to hide from the world. Because I can look real pretty. You know, I, I do today. Look at this. I'm, I'm all dressed up. You know, you all can look real nice and pretty, but if on the inside it's a storm, if on the inside there's lightning and thunder going on, open up and talk to somebody about it. You don't have to come down to the front today. You don't have to make that, that known to everyone. Just talk to somebody. Because we, as the Lord's people, want to focus together on what's good. Amen? If you need to become a child of the Lord's today, I know this is, this is a lesson that you know, was really just talking about the peace that comes as being a part of the Lord's family. If you want this kind of peace, it only comes by submitting your life to Jesus Christ. And if you're ready to start that journey today, we'd love to help you. Please come as we stand and sing.